Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. On today's podcast, we have Chelsea from House of Ivy, and Chelsea lives close by to Jenny and ran into Jenny in real life and told her how much our pricing episode really helped her establish pricing for her new shop. And so Jenny asked her if she would come on the podcast and chat about real life in the moment business decisions like that. And she said, absolutely. So she came on and we had a great conversation around the whole pricing element and finding value in what you do and why you can charge what you charge for your art and craft and actor craft and expertise. We had a great conversation about that. Of course, went down a few tangents. Um, Chelsea and Jenny let you guys in on their new collaboration they're doing together and kind of how that got established and they're really, really cool pieces. I hope you guys go check um, Chelsea out. She makes pottery and it's beautiful cement pottery, um, cement pieces, uh, unique, custom, all the things that you could want in home decor. So make sure to go check her out. She t- she walks us through her whole story of how she started, uh, where the idea started, and then how she took that idea that started very different and made it into a craft that now she has not only makes, but has studied the science behind cement. So really cool conversation. Uh, make sure you go follow her. She's on Instagram at houseofivy.shop. And I just hope you guys gather some really good insights from this conversation. Chelsea currently is full-time working. And so she gives some really great insight to those of you that are working a job as well as running your shop. So this, this conversation, of course, we brought her on for one thing, for pricing, and it grew into this beautiful, long conversation. We tried not to go too far over, but it is a little bit longer than normal, but we know you guys will love it. And we thank you for spending time with us here on our podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening today. And we're so excited to have Chelsea from House of Ivy Shop with us. Okay, side note, I just have to tell you, when I said, hey, everybody, Siri thought I was talking to her and my little thing just came on and was like, "How can I? she's recording me right now. That's so creepy. Let me just cross out of that. Okay, so Chelsea. Jenny, last week I was subbing in a classroom and was like saying something and my Siri watch was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Okay, Chelsea, welcome. See how we get like a little sidetracked. It's very, this is like what a phone call That's is okay. like. I'll fit when that, right yeah, 
Oh, but yeah, it's so great. And I just have to enter a little fun fact into this that you are a Miranda marketing for the uninhibited client. Sure. We like we like talk about her pretty much every episode. So it's only fitting oh, that you're gosh, here. Gosh, truly. She's a game changer. But she is. And we're so and that's kind of how well, actually, I was trying to think about how we met. So this is another fun fact of the podcast because Amy Jackson from The Perch had the small business owners retreat. And that's how I officially met you. Like mm-hmm. I had seen, you know, when you're in the same town at, town and border towns as other makers, you like start to follow them on Instagram and you like feel like you know them through that. That was kind of how it happened. And then I saw you in person. And I think all of us there were like, didn't know each other, but we were like, oh yeah, we follow you. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Because it's like, you get to know everybody on Instagram to the point where you want to go, oh my gosh, hi. And then you're like, wait, we haven't actually met. Like you can't do that. And then I think that was still when we were wearing masks. So yes. we didn't, you know, get to see very much literally of each other. And, and I remember saying, you know, going around the room, saying our business names and you were like, oh, hey, oh my God. I know. I know. So that was a fun, like, social media in a positive light of that you do get to know these other makers. And then um, now I feel like we formed a friendship over Mm -hmm. concrete and candles. Absolutely. (laughs) That's by far been the best part of business is the relationships you make. Yeah, I agree. Talk talk a little bit, Jen, or just say a snippet of, like, how you guys have collaborated. Okay. Yes. Well, yes. So before we get in, I want you to tell us your story of how you started with concrete. Cause I don't really know that, but we were kind of the three of us, Christina and Chelsea and I were just talking off camera a little bit. And this leans into our relationship is because, um, I think as makers, we can kind of think, especially at the beginning when we're getting started out and trying to like get a profit and not spend too much money on things. So I, you just think you can do everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, okay, I will make concrete vessels for my (laughs) candles. And I've actually since given Chelsea my molds because I hated, I was terrible. You think you can like do all these things, but I think you realize one you once you get really good at your craft like you have so much expertise mm-hmm. and um talent in your craft you think that other people can just do it and they can't and mm-hmm. vice versa so that's what i have really come to respect about chelsea is she makes these beautiful concrete works of art like people can't see the well christina use this as a clip in our social media because I have one right here but mine were like jagged and cracked and it took me like hours to do one and I remember being like okay this is not sustainable and that's how then I started following Chelsea and like okay she does beautiful works of art and she like how I have you know really grown and love and study the science of candle making she does that with concrete and so that's how we kind of came together of I am buying concrete from her now and I will pour the candles in it uh for people so that's just a testament to like the value you bring as a maker like don't discount that because I'm a maker but I can't do it so anybody listening 
like just know that you have developed your craft. Yes, and and full full circle moment. My son's teacher, so down here in Texas, ordered a ton of the concrete candle collaboration. Yes, the um, little mini jesters. That makes me so happy. Yes, to give to her family for Christmas. And when she told me that, I was like, oh, I have to tell Jen. So um, they're even down here in Texas. Oh, that's cool. Um, yes. Okay, so that is a great segue of, I just, you guys were talking about it, and I was like, people might know how you guys have collaborated and that they're really cool, and they should check them <laughs> out. So, so we're getting ready cool. to launch it. We we have, like, she's developed a whole new line of pieces. Really, I'm really excited to do. I finished all my testing. I ordered my colors, mm-hmm. and she's re- she's mm-hmm. making them right now as we yeah. speak. So awesome! I'm excited. So that's a great segue to Chelsea. How, let tell us your story. Like, how did you become a maker? Why concrete? Uh, all of that. Start wherever you would like. Okay. Well, I will try and not be too wordy about it, but it's um honestly my whole life I've just wasn't always calling it a maker, but I've just always been a maker. I've always like my mom and I would go to the store and it'd always be like, eh, we can make it. It's fine. We we can make it. It's fine. And we've just always loved to be hands-on, try different things. Doesn't mean we were great at all of it. Um, doesn't mean that we always saw all of our projects through, but we just always were makers. Um, and so I was thinking about this and I'm like, well, honestly, it all kind of started like officially in the sense of making money back in 2015 because I decided to move to Portland, Oregon. I have family out there. My dad's side is out there. So I decided, okay, you know, college is over. What the heck? Why not? So I had painted a few like hand painted signs on wood, like a bajillion other people do. And I thought, well, I'm not going to take them, you know, take them with me, but my, you know, might as well get rid of them and see if anybody wants to like buy them for a few bucks. So I think I posted like five signs on my Facebook, 20 bucks each. And I was like completely baffled. All of them sold and like 30 other people inquired about me making a custom sign for them. So from there, I ended up creating under, you know, it was like some, CK Woodco or like years ago, (laughs) you know, very, very original. And, um, so I was like doing the whole hand painted sign thing pretty much just through Instagram and like family friends. And it grew a little bit to like friends of friends kind of thing. Um, and I liked it, but it wasn't by any means like a passion, whatever. I just, I just love to create things. I loved like, so I like to do my hair, do my makeup. It's just, you're just making something. And so, um, in, you know, I feel like so many stories now start with this with COVID. I work a full-time job still. And at that point I was in the office. So come March of 2020, they sent us home. And I remember being like, wow, this is going to be the best two weeks of my life. I was commuting an hour each way. (laughs) I was like, this is going to be awesome. Um, And uh, so I was home for a couple months and I just started, I was like, you know what? Just after a couple months of being home, I it sounds wild, but I just really realized like how much of a mindset shift it can be like wearing what you want to wear every day, not what corporate America tells you to wear every day. And, you know, being in an environment that like makes you happy and everyone kind of realized the value of like, 
how you dress your home and all those things. And I just started to think differently. And my stepdad is an entrepreneur and he always was like, you know, Charles, go get your DBA, go do all these, you know, get your tax ID number. And I was like, no, I'm good. No, thanks. (laughs) And then I, I just realized it was July of 2020. And I was like, you know what? I'm literally never in my life going to have an opportunity like this again. I mean, let's hope, uh, let's hope there's not another Mm -hmm. global pandemic. (laughs) So I thought, let's like, let's do it. Why not? Because when you look at like now, two years down the road, looking at everything it required financially, emotionally, physically, it's a lot. But when you're like, you can literally only take one step at a time. And so when I was looking at my next step, I'm like, oh, sure. Like $11 to file the DBA and 99 to put it in the paper and sure, whatever. So in July of 2020, I filed for my DBA, my doing business as to get my business name. Um, and with the intent of being an online home decor store that sourced pieces from other small businesses that were women owned, minority owned, made in America. And then I was hoping to like every so often, like drop a collection of my hand painted signs just so that I could still make for a living, um, which seemed really far, like out of reach. And so that was July of 2020. I filed the like first thing to like actually set the wheels in motion. And then in January of 21, I launched my website. So, um, you know, that started in a couple months. It had to be somewhere between like, I don't know, April and June that I, in my pursuit of trying to purchase from other small businesses, I ordered these beautiful little concrete planters from this husband wife company out of Pittsburgh, I think it was. And I just love them so much. And I looked at them and I'm like, I'm going to do this. So I didn't know where to start as any person who likes to make or DIY or in any capacity, you go to Google. And (laughs) so I'm trying to like find uh, information on Google, but any concrete tutorial or information that I could find was in the industrial capacity. So like construction, so like roads and sidewalks and driveways and nothing that I was trying to do. So I was like, you know what, we're gonna do it. We're gonna learn on our own. So um, luckily, I can see Home Depot from one of my windows. (laughs) So I'm pretty close. So I went over to Home Depot, I got a bag of concrete. And I literally used two yogurt cups. I just because I was like to create a mold basically with the cups, but um, because I was, I usually like dive in, I will invest all my money, I'll get all the tools, and then I'll be like, oh, I don't really like that that much. So I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna go buy concrete and use two old plastic cups that I have to make a mold and just see if I like mixing and pouring. Like, is this even something I enjoy? Obviously, I liked it. <laughs> so, um, I took about four months to really perfect my craft and it's not even, I shouldn't say perfect to work on my craft where I was comfortable enough to sell it (laughs) because Uh, I think it's pretty perfected. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, (laughs) you know, we're all our own worst critics. And, um, so yeah, I just, I, first of all, like 
put my mindset in a place where I was like, this is going to be, I don't know how long it's going to take to figure this out. And the only way I'm going to learn is to make mistakes. So I feel like usually we have this mindset of wanting to, what we present has to be like the final product, but we don't always see like there needs to be so many rough drafts before we get a presentable piece. So Mm -hmm. I was just comfortable with making mistakes. And so I literally like just poured some water, like, okay, there's bubbles. And then, so I would research what makes bubbles. How do I alleviate bubbles? And then, oh, it's cracking. What causes cracking? Oh, there's warping. Uh, Like how does temperature affect concrete? And cold obviously is a big thing with concrete, but I was amazed after a full year of doing this to find too hot is a thing too. So my concrete, as I'm mixing, it was curing way too fast and I couldn't actually pour it in the mold before it started curing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's... this is a this is a very like sidetrack, uh, but it makes me think our uh, our sister's partner works in driveway mm-hmm. consultation, basically up in Illinois. I live in Texas, mm-hmm. and the differences in what they use for driveways, yeah. um, which has to do with concrete and the temperature and mm-hmm. all that. That's what that made me think of is like temperature does affect. Oh, it so does. So my full-time job like, is I work for a general contractor. And so it's funny because I'm here in Illinois and I understand that there's like a certain part of the year, you know, obviously our colder months, you really don't want to pour below like 50 degrees unless you like pay to get a tent and heaters and everything to meet, make it cure correctly. So we have to pour in certain months and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I work now remotely for our Arizona office and they have to pour like literally from midnight to like 4am before it gets too hot. So it's yes. just, it's so wild how it all yes. works yes. differently. And, I, sorry and that was one of, it just goes with your expertise. No. And I have to say, that's like one of my favorite things Chelsea ever dropped into a conversation. She's like, well, on this concrete documentary I watched, <laughs> I, were, I was like, oh my gosh, you love what you do. And I love that so much because I would totally watch it oh. like with documentary. <laughs> but I was like, that's what, that's what I want to pull out of this conversation before I get sidetracked and forget. But you've said like, three golden things oh, that are like genius that I want everyone to hear. I know. Okay. Christina's showing, she like wrote them all down. Number one, Instagram. how you said you just did the next right step. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know how many times we can tell people, like, I think we get so overwhelmed with yeah. all the steps that mm-hmm. we're, we get frozen and mm-hmm. we just don't do it. But mm-hmm. you, like you actually gave the example. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll get my name. That's what I'm doing today. Mm -hmm. And like, instead of, well, it's helpful to have a big picture plan, right? Like, but then you got to dive down and do like the little step to get to the next step. And that you did that is like genius. And then secondly, I loved that you said... You didn't, instead of like investing in all the, okay, we're going to do concrete. So we're going to get all the supplies, all the things. You were like, okay, I'm going to take my two yogurt cups and mix this concrete. It bubbled. Now I'm going to look like why it bubbles. I think that's so helpful to makers even just to be like, that's helpful to me because I think, okay, I'm going to do this whole collection where I pour candles in concrete. (laughs) But then like, how do I get from there? 
from where I am now to there. So like, okay, I have to find a concrete maker founder. Now I have to like uh, test the wicks in these concretes. Okay, I did that. Now I'm going to ask my audience, what size candles did, etc. So I think that was like lots of wisdom you just dropped, Chelsea, of like 100%. just doing the next right step a hundred percent yep well and I'm not you know it's funny I'm not a very patient person it's a virtue that I am literally working on every day but this is something that I'm just so passionate about and I never thought that I would care at all about business or like not necessarily that I ever thought oh no small business but I have come to love the business aspect as much as the making aspect and it's something that I could talk when you were like oh 30 to 45 minutes I was like oh boy how am I gonna (laughs) hey we are known to do part twos now (laughs) you may have met your match so (laughs) but you know it's like I literally thought to myself okay I'll get down making the vessel like a nice smooth consistent you know vessel whatever that be and then I'll work on coloring and adding pigment that was a whole journey in and of itself too and then you wouldn't even think about it but sealant and I'm still on that journey so that's you know it's if you really I had a (laughs) I got my degree in business and marketing um and I had a professor who said He said, if you're like to market your business, you can be one of three things. You can either be the cheapest, you can be the best, or you can offer something that nobody else offers. And so when I was literally planning, like in the five months between me filing my DBA and me launching my website, I thought, what am I going to like, which one of those three am I going to be? And I decided, I'm like, well, I can't just start off and be the best. That's that's something you have to work towards. So I said, I'm like, certainly not going to like compete on price. That's not what I'm here for. And then, so I'm like, I'm going to do something that maybe not nobody else offers, but I'm going to do it in a way that brings me to the table, like my aesthetic, whatever. And that was when I was doing home decor. So I was very intentional about not everything was sourced from small businesses, but I really did try. And when I would meet people and like, oh my gosh, I love that so much. How can I bring that to my shop? And so, um, you know, just being very intentional about that. And I, like now I'm on a mission to be the best, uh, and concrete and every the beauty is just everybody does it differently I have connected with so many other concrete makers like through Instagram and it's just wild how we all have the same set of resources and we all do it so differently Mm -hmm. and I think yeah I think that's the trend of like being a small business and and being in the creative space is that sure you make a product and or you do a service like photography but there's you still I I think Tammy said it in our encouraging words for the end of the year she was like the magic of your business is you like you are even you know Jeff Bezos he's the magic of Amazon he's the brain behind it he like feels that so anybody who has created something like you're the magic behind it and um I think it's hard to um reciprocate that but also I know we're gonna be talking about pricing in this episode 
And we forget that there's value there. Mm -hmm. Like the magic that you bring Mm -hmm. has value. And we just think like, oh, well, there are other concrete makers. Yeah. But just like you're saying, like you have become an expert at it from trial and error and uh, bubbles, no bubbles, (laughs) the color, the style, like all of that, taking time to learn all of these different styles, like that has taken time and energy that now you have an expertise in that people will pay you for. So I think, um, I think we forget that a lot of times and say, Mm -hmm. well, we're just a maker, but there's so much more to that. And I, something I'd love to add to that too, is there are people who aren't willing to pay for that and that's fine. They're not my people and that's okay. And Mm -hmm. I get it. Everybody has a different price point. Everybody values different things. Um, I'm moving into a season of life where I'm okay with having less, but better. And so mm-hmm. I'm willing to pay like in Jenny, in the pricing episode, you said you were like, you know, I'm in the middle to high end of candle. Like I'm willing to pay for that because a, I love you now. And I've like gotten to know you <laughs> and I love that. And I think your stuff Same. is worth it, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm okay with not having a closet full of candles, but going to the, like every time I, I get one, I burn it. And when it's getting low, I'm going to go visit you again, just so I can jibber jabber and Mm -hmm. go pick out a new candle. So, you know, yeah, I, that's what I think when you said the thing about the marketing, I remember that being one of the first things I read or it was at our Christy Wright conference. Remember when she yes, yes. Like you can, like, if you choose to be the cheapest, that's fine. But that those are the customers you're going to attract. They're going to be looking for a deal. They're Mm going to be, you know, whatever that is and that's fine but that's where that's what like got me out of because I what when I started making candles I think my mason jar was like ten dollars and that's fine because you have to like start somewhere and learn but I know that now the price point my candles are in like my target market values handmade ingredients that are good for them that they're willing to pay that and so I'm not gonna get a lot of the like someone always wanting a discount or um you know multiple everything Mm -hmm. buy five get one free or whatever and I think that's what you just have to know you have to decide where you want to be in the market and know those are the customers you're going to attract and to both of your points I think you both said this too about that's where like we are the essence of our business. And while social media is kind of a part of that because you're sharing your story, mm-hmm. um, but it's just something people really value. They get to know you as the maker and your story and your brand. And like, that's something you're giving them that you can't go get. Like, sure, you could go get probably a concrete candle at Target, mm-hmm. um, but you're it. it feels so detached from like, your soul because you're like discovering these makers and getting to know them and their brand and their story. And you feel like you're participating in the story a little bit by being, you know, by buying their product. So I think that's what we as small business owners have to remember and not discount um, our value in that way, because we are providing something different than you just go get at the big box store. Mm -hmm. And a huge thing that, you know, I think that Miranda helped teach me was like, you come up with a plan and there's a reason you have that plan. So in the moments where, you know, we might seem like, it might seem like we have it all together on Instagram or wherever it'd be. Um, 
but there are meltdowns. There are low moments. There are moments where we're like, oh my God, what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? What is happening? Um, Christina will call me sometimes to be like, all right, I'm selling all my machines. <laughs> all my I'm machines. quitting today. <laughs> right. And they're all getting donated today. So, and I'm like, okay, all right, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what she says. Well, you can feel that way now, but let's talk tomorrow before any drastic. Yeah, move. like a 24 hour rule to sit on it. Usually I'll have that meltdown and I'll like look at OJ and he'll be like, you're fine. It's okay. <laughs> and we'll have a snack and it's fine. But, um, <laughs> Like the beauty of having a plan too is in those moments when we're like having a meltdown and we're unsure, we made that plan with a clear head and clear intentions in mind. So you don't have to think about it. Refer to the plan. When you're not mm-hmm. sure, go back to the plan. And well, and it goes back to what how you even started this of one step at a time, like mm-hmm. one one next right step. Mm-hmm. And I think there's um, an image on Instagram that I've seen a few times that's like, Every day we have to do our best, right? Well, Tuesday's best could be here. Wednesday's could be here. Like every day we're capable of different things. And that's just, unfortunately, how our brains work. And so Uh I remember there was a point in the beginning of my business where I was like, I just have to do one thing for the shop today. If I, you know, I, oh, I would, you know, slap myself on the hand if I didn't do one thing today. And now it's like, I need to probably learn how to reel it. Actually, not probably. That was one of the first things Miranda told me is like, this is not sustainable. You know, gotta, you have to like not protect yourself, but you know, rest and recharge yeah, and whatever. Yeah, and be a person. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just in a season of like growing and trying to reach my place of comfort. So I'm, just a woman on a mission and that and you're still working full time right so you're at that like really hard part of your there's so much time and energy going into work your full-time job but you're like like almost there at your uh small business where you like have to take that leap and it's terrifying it's it's pretty terrifying it is but you know maybe it's because I'm looking for these messages but everywhere that I'm looking and listening and I'm lucky enough to have well a because my business so many now friends that are entrepreneurs but also in my family I have quite a few and so I'm just I'm like not as many people wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't a good idea. And I ha- everything I'm hearing and seeing is like at some point you're just going to have to go for it. And mm-hmm. you know, I've put a lot of um, what's the word like weight in my partner's um, thoughts on the matter, I guess, and how he like, okay, are you on board? Like, I want him to you know, be like, yes, do it. And if you don't get it, I got you. And, but I looked at him, I was like, are you like, okay with this? And he said, Chelsea, I have no concerns that you will take care of what you need to take care of. It's you. Like you get it done when you need to get things done. So I'm not worried. And I was like, you're right. I do get things done. So it's just wild how, I mean, either everybody could be lying and just be really nice to me but how other people seem to have more faith in me than I currently do in myself. So I'm like, you know what? 
We're, I didn't get this far by accident. We're yeah, going that's for right. it. Yeah. That's right. And I do. I can speak to that. Like it almost is like you just have to take – I mean because you've done all the work, right? You've done all the next right steps. So it is going to feel scary. But at some point, you know you've lined up all your ducks <laughs> and it, the next step is the jump. Mm-hmm. And I – so when I did that, it – like it, it, it was very scary and all of it, but it's almost like kind of what you're saying. Like you do just do what you have to do to make it work. So there, because, you know, I'm watching my numbers and I know what to look for. And there are months where I have to be like, all right, we are going to push the poor parties and that's where we're going to like yeah. make up this income. But you just do it. Yeah. And like, I haven't had that my job income to fall back on, but it's almost like, like the, I don't know, the, the mama bird, like pushing the baby Mm -hmm. out of the nest. Like you just, you find a way to fly, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever that. And I think we almost put too much, um, too much fear into it of like, well, what if it all fails. Okay, so what if it does? Like you always you're just going to like be homeless? Like you <laughs> cuz that's where like my husband he's very pragmatic mm-hmm. with me and so I'm always like but what if? and then okay I didn't like this when he said this, but there was a time where I was like, well, what if I eliminate space? Like, I just have to give it up. He's like, then you give it up and you get a job. And but that was something of like, yeah. okay, I think I'm putting so much of like pressure on this failure and then I fail and then everything's gone but then then I would get a job I don't know I don't know if that was like rambling but it is almost like you just do it and then if it doesn't work then you do the next right step that's exactly what I was going to speak to is I'm someone who did open a shop and closed it and that is scary in and of itself as well, but you just do the next right thing that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And if people look at it as a failure, like that was stuff, something I had to go to counseling for, right? And it's one of those things where you're just like, okay, well, who cares? There's more money in my pocket, more time that I'm at home. Who cares what they think because it's benefiting me Mm -hmm. is kind of how I did get to it. But also, Jen, you spoke to it exactly what I was going to say. I was like, you two both already said before we got on here, your worst case scenario thinkers. And my, and I can speak to this because my oldest son is exactly the same way. And I've had to, my counselor has walked me through how to help him best of, okay, what's worst case scenario that could happen in your mind? And Jen, your worst case scenario might be different than Chelsea's. But what's worst case scenario? And then come up with a plan for that. And then, and so how Michael said, well, then you would get a job or you would go, you know, whatever that looks like. Uh, maybe it's at somebody else's boutique. Maybe it's Costco. Maybe it's the grocery store. Like whatever, you would get a job and and figure it out. But you're, I think that there's something to that of naming what you could do for that worst case that might give a little bit of comfort mm-hmm. to jump. I agree. And there's, I've had a couple people, you know, my family be like, well, Charles, like if if you're like having a hard time, then like. There's always other jobs. I'm like, but I don't want another job. I want this <laughs> job. And I just think like I hear them and I receive it and it's in my back pocket in the jeans in the back of my closet. Like it's there. I get it. But um, I'm just a plan A kind of gal. And I've just always mm-hmm. been 
something my my dad said to me uh, a long time ago. He was like, Chelsea, you know, the hardest part when you were growing up is if you came to me and asked for something, whatever that be, and I said no, you always had a counter argument. So he goes, I have no faith or no uh, like questions about like, like you just always had a response. You always had like a rebuttal. You always had like, well, think about it this way. And so I just think I'm just a plan A kind of gal. Plan A might change. It might adjust. But I think, you know, it's just a mind, like truly anything in the world is possible. And I know that sounds like so wild, but something that I always think to myself is I'm like, Beyonce and I have the same 24 hours in the same day. What is she doing that I'm not doing? And I just, you just, everything is attainable. We, we can't do it all. And that's mm-hmm. something else too, is like, like you were saying about the candles and the concrete and we feel like we can kind of like do it all. Oh, I'm a maker. I can do it all. And we can, but we can't be the best at everything. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, are you going to be a master of one or mediocre mm-hmm. at all of them? And Uh you know, it's just, um, you just kind of have to pick your life. Like there's no right or wrong way to be an entrepreneur is what I'm finding. Uh Um, Uh also nobody knows there's no rule book. There's no handbook. Nobody knows what's going on. It is a day-to-day game. Nobody knows. And that's (laughs) what I was going to say is not everybody has the same goal either. Not everybody wants their creative side to be their full-time business. That's Mm -hmm. not everybody's end goal. And so it's going to look different for everybody too. And it might not be the case of uh, like, like thinking about it, some people might protect that boundary of like, I don't want my creative um, amazing feelings right now. I don't want to cloud with burnout. So like, how do, you know, so it, it, it's not always the same goal for everybody either. That's very true. There's another, um, small business friend of mine and she has her business, but she also like loves her day job. And we were just having this conversation and I was like, what is your goal? And I was like, you know, if all things canceled out, like money was like, not, not in the, on the board of like debating, I was like, what, like, which would you pick? Oh, my shop. But reality is, is money does play into it. And there are so many other things and she could grow to like, you know, wild heights with what she's doing at her day job. And I'm like, I was like, there's nothing wrong either too with going that route. And like, this can be your side, this can be your vacation fund or this could like, I don't know. It's, Mm -hmm. there is no wrong way to do it and it's all about just your goals and what matters to you and that your Mm -hmm. goals can this is something I have to tell myself too is because I can get a little bit like rigid in that this is the thing and that's what I have to tell myself too is like goals can also change like Mm -hmm. my desires can also change and that's not bad and just to like you were speaking to the plan, like it's good to have a plan, but then also like your plan is in pencil and you can mm-hmm. like the plan can morph into different things. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I think that's kind of like the magic of life if it, it, is that we're not all the same. We don't have all the same goals. And even for ourselves, like those things can change and mm-hmm. evolve. And that's that's good. Yeah. So before I know we're like already 40 minutes. Oh yeah, we might in, have to make this a part two because we did a we, podcast within a podcast. A podcast within a podcast. So what I we look Christina and I love because 
we don't feel like we're experts in everything. I think that's why we started Small Business Sisters is because we wanted people to like hear what it's like in real time to develop your small business. So it is so special when people write us and say, hey, I love your podcast. I've learned so much or um, it just encourages me in this XYZ way. And we are always just like, oh my gosh, this is, is this real life? And so Chelsea, you had told me when we were doing the um, collab together, you're like, you pulled out your notebook and you're like, I have like all these pages of notes from your pricing episode Mm -hmm. and I'm redoing all my pricing. And I remember calling Christine on the way home of like, oh my gosh, people like, do the stuff yeah. that we talk about. So can you tell us a little bit? I mean, obviously you don't need to go into details about your numbers, but like what did that look like for you when you were revamping your pricing and um, what? how did you do that? Sure. Well, a large thing was, um, you know, in listening to your episode and it, you know, I think when people are good at things, they make it sound easy. So I listened to that and I was like, oh yeah, I literally listened to it five times before I actually started beep boop bumping in my computer um, to make a formula in Excel. But I, I listened and as I was listening, I was literally like, pause, play, pause, play, as I'm like taking notes and making little like just notes of different things you said. And I made a note of like, Christina, like, stop, like everybody's goals are different, right? Some people are wholesale, some people are not. And when I first started, I was like, I can't do this at half price. Are you kidding me? But <laughs> if I'm trying to grow to a certain scale, wholesale is a huge vehicle for doing that. So um, it took somebody pointing that out to me to like, make me realize, but I did. And then, you know, like in your episode, you price your whole, you price your retail so that your wholesale is profitable for you. Not like how many people have I spoken to that are like, well, you know, I just, I can't like, I would be losing money if I did this half off. And I'm like, right. So like, this should be your wholesale price. And then you double that. But when I listened to your episode, by the fifth time, I was like taking notes, um, like literally just bullet point um, of just little things that you said. I should, well, I'm on my iPad right now, so I can't pull it up. But um, <laughs> I just took my notes. And honestly, going back to my point of like rough draft, <laughs> I I think I revised my little formula that I put together about 17 times. Um, and I something that I learned through listening to your episode and then working on it for myself. It's not a one size fits all formula. Not that you at all said it was, but I just realized, um, because when I'm pouring something that we'll say is like five ounces. So my pieces come down to like a weight of the finished product. Like that was how I could keep my sanity. Um, like the consistency of how I'm pricing it. Um, something that weighs five ounces versus a tray that weighs 60 ounces of concrete is like, yes, I can weigh the material, but in large part, my pieces come down to time. Like the material Mm -hmm. is not that wildly expensive. Like molds are very expensive, but like the actual concrete is not that expensive, but it's really a time investment. And so Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. something that completely I saw years ago before I even started my shop, honestly, and it stuck with me is a gal who I know from years ago who does hair. She posted something and she said, you don't pay me for the 45 minutes you're in my chair. You pay me for the experience that it took me to learn how to do this in 45 minutes. And I've Mm -hmm. kept that with me because just because, so like if we base it off of our time, you know, the better you get, the shorter your time goes. Does that mean your prices get cheaper? No, it mean and like, you know, it just, you're refining your craft, you're getting better at it and you value that. So you put a dollar value on your time, but then with my spreadsheet, so when I'm mixing, you know, I don't ever make just really one thing at a time. I'm making a table full of things, but, um, when I'm mixing something that's for five, a five ounce piece versus a 60 ounce piece, there's more time involved. Like, yes, I'm still mixing and like measuring my pigment and doing all those things, but I, this is going to sound crazy, but I created a little table that, um, for each, like literally like three ounces is my smallest piece up to like 72 ounces. Each ounce weight has a different little formula and that's because a different amount of time goes into each of them yeah I I can speak to that because yes while the like formula is helpful to get started it should look different for every maker and type of product and what like there is so let's use candles for an example like a tea light obviously is going to take way less time so then you know, my 16 ounce candle. So what I, I do the formula and see the prices and sometimes they're like, oh, okay, well, (laughs) someone's not going to pay $6 for a tea light. And then I know I can build in that pricing in another product that maybe can use a bump in price. And so that's where then that is kind of the magic you find of your whole product line of maybe they're not using each the exact same formula, but kind of like the bare bones of it. And then this product, I can, I know I can build a little profit margin into it. Whereas this product is going to be kind of really close to exactly what I need to make on it, if that makes sense. So like you, you kind of like then play around with your numbers. And a lot of times I'll, this is where it is helpful to look at other people in your industry because you're coming back again to you can see it. You can see it. You can see the cheap can. I don't want to say cheap candles. The um, like yeah. You can just see like okay, here's mid market candles. Oh, I guess it's called mass market. Like a lot of people are going to be buying the mass market candles. Then there's like the mid market, and then there's high end luxury market. And I look at all those prices and then go back to like okay, what's the formula I found for this tea light. I'm like, oh, okay. It makes sense. I would be want, want to be like right here. And then I fix my price accordingly. So that's what's the beauty of prices is you can like, yes, find exactly where you need to be and then play around with what your customer. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that yeah. okay. Miranda had asked me at one point, I don't know that it was in regards to price or something else, but she was like, well, you know, what are, what are other people in your industry doing? And I said, with all due respect, I said, I don't really care what other people are doing. I said, I'm not going to 
base something for my business off of somebody else's business, not having any idea how much thought that they put. And she was coming from a totally valid place, but I was like, I'm not even going to do that because that's sometimes I'm very cautious about when I compare myself. And the more I get into my craft in my business, I actually start to like kind of tune out of other people in my industry because I'm like, I want to make sure not that I stay in my lane that I have a designated lane, but what I'm doing is purely me and I'm all about being resourceful. But, um, I really want to be cautious because if someone's putting a price, I don't want to put it in my head that like, Oh, you're charging too. I've seen people charge so little that I'm like, how are you actually making money? And then I've seen people charge Mm -hmm. so much and I'm like, what am I missing? So I guess like what we're talking about, like the balance of that is my suggestion is just always do your part first, always do the math, always figure it out. And then if you're unsure, go like do a little market research and figure it out. Like Mm -hmm. just, but always come into it having done your homework first. Um, That would be my suggestion. Yeah. Because I'm just very cautious about, it's very easy to take opinion as fact. And, you know, you see something and taking it at face value. And I'm every day that goes by in my life, I'm becoming more and more cautious of that. I will take everybody's bit of advice and I will put it in my pocket and hold on to it. But it doesn't mean that I'm gonna like implement that in my thinking. Um, But I, I didn't do the best job of answering your question about when I was listening to your episode, I was thinking about this as you guys were talking, but I took my notes. Um, Pricing as a maker to me is truly the most emotional part about it of like having a business where you're hand making something because as Mm -hmm. a maker, I feel like we all pretty much have that mindset that I was talking about when me and my mom would go to the store, like I can do that. And how many people have come up to me at markets being like, oh, I did this. I made concrete. I'm like, good. I like, it's awesome. I'm glad. Good job. Um, But it's, so we tend to like dull the value of what we're doing, but Mm -hmm. it's like, we, we just have to, we have to put a. Yes. And we have to remember this. I always think because yes, people will say that they'll say it in the store looking at my candles, like, Oh, bath and body. Like (laughs) someone like looked at the bottom of my hazy IPA candle and they were, because at first they're like, this is so cool. This is uh, just like a hazy IPA. And backstory, like my husband's a home brewer. We designed that together. He knew like exactly the scent notes. And she turned it over and she was like, $18. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to say what I want. <laughs> because I mean, I'm grateful for customers. But I, I am like, all right. Yeah, you go buy that Bath and Body. First of all, that is like a craft to find a craft beer candle. So those are already limited. Okay, go find those. Well, I actually like curate and make sure I have good sourced ingredients that aren't going to give you headaches and make you nauseous. And so like obviously those things are going to be more expensive. And I am me and my teenagers that I employ in our community are reaping the benefits of this $18 candle. But you like, as a maker, you run through all those things in your head because 
And so I try to be more conscious as a consumer too of like, okay, this is not just like I'm trying to rip you off and charge you $18 right. for a candle. They, you, when you get a handmade thing, it's such a different value than going to Bath and Body Works and getting their $5 candles. So I think like we have to remind ourselves that as the makers and as the consumers, like there is a reason these things are uh, maybe higher priced because they're higher quality. They're like a whole different level. And you, especially I like, I love how you're doing the, um, I don't remember what you call them, like the blemished things, but then you're making them new again. So, okay. So everybody needs to go look at some of Chelsea's like recent reels because she's taking some of her concrete pieces that maybe had something like just not like an imperfection. Mm -hmm. Is that what you called it? Okay, so and I love this though because again, this is not you can't go to Target and get like an imperfect thing that the artist has like remade again. So she took some okay, I'm not a concrete artist, but is it like gold? Yeah, it's just gold leaf. It's yeah, it's gold leaf. (laughs) Gold leaf and she like lets you watch her. She's filling these cracks and it it looks beautiful and it's like this gold leaf thing in the concrete now so it's like like a whole nother work of art and I I think that just speaks so much to the value of a handmade good is that you're getting like a whole story and person's essence in it and that how cool is that to have in our houses so I think that's really thank you and I think a lot of what we need to do as a small business because we've all gotten that comment um, of people like we've all gotten it. Um, I know we gotta so, write a book, but we, I know we don't want to make the customers feel bad because I think it doesn't come from a mean place, but it is like I think ah. it's just people just don't. Some it wasn't maybe. I mean, honestly, in the last like five years that I fully started to understand why you shop small and what the value in that mm-hmm. is, and I've seen that meme go around on um, Instagram where it's or like whatever you call it, like a quote, but it was like, you know, I even think about it when I go to lunch, I can go to a small business and spend like $4 more on my lunch and support somebody's bills or their vacation or their mortgage. Or I can go to the chain place down the street and buy someone's third vacation home. Like the, the right thing isn't always the easy thing. And I had a friend who recently got into plant, have a friend who recently got into plants and we were, so I was like talking to her about plants and she's asking me questions. She said, well, where's the best place? I said, well, depends on what you mean by the best. Like if you want the cheapest thing, go to Home Depot. But if you want a better plant, like one that's going to look cleaner and prettier and fuller, and they're going to actually give you advice on how to take care of it, go to us, go to a small business. She's like, well, how do I know if it's a small business? And I was thinking, what in the world? Like, you can tell because you don't know their name because, like, there's an actual person without a name tag on. Like, I don't, what do you mean? How do you know? But some people, it's just like, especially obviously, we've started our own businesses. So we understand the value in shopping small. But some people, I think when we get those comments, it's because they don't, they just don't know. 
it's not, like you said, it's not coming from a malicious place. So in order to both help ourselves and, you know, contribute to the cause of shopping small and why it matters, it is like inadvertently our job to educate people on why that's important. Mm -hmm. And actually, Jenny, your post Mm -hmm. today um, on like the third little (laughs) picture, it said, why, you know, why shop illuminates space. Oh, yeah. And I why literally put space. a note on my to-do list because I'm getting like everything I do is out of my home. So I have my whole garage. Uh, thank you, OJ. And um, also our little <laughs> basement room. And one thing I want to put is like a vision board, but also I'm going to make mm-hmm. a list of why House of Ivy. And because we all mm-hmm. like, yeah. there's just so much power in educating people on things that we don't even think like, because it's just our first right. nature. Cause we just, we just do, do it. Do it. Right. And it's just- but that's, and I think you can add that in naturally. Like Christina teaches this well in her social media classes that like, you can just naturally add those things into your posts all the time. The things that you just think, well, everybody knows I make soy candles. Everybody knows soy is a better wax to burn. Like, no, they don't. So <laughs> you can just like constantly say like, you know, it doesn't have to be like bullet points every time of here's why. But like, so maybe tell mm-hmm. a story one day about soy. Maybe like, I think your imperfections video is perfect. Like, oh yeah, I could get a one of a kind. Yeah, piece that literally would have gone Chelsea. in the garbage. I literally had it in my exactly. hand over the garbage can. I was like, wait a minute, we're gonna do something different. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's awesome. Well, it's been so fun. Uh, Christina's mic still isn't working, so I think we're just going to end it. But it's been so fun uh, to talk to you, to get to know you. I really do just love you as a person, as a maker. I think you're doing an awesome job. And thank you for sharing your story today. And I think that's going to be so helpful for people just to hear people um, like living in it right now and just doing the next mm-hmm. right steps. If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com. The number one thing I hear about social media is either you love it or you hate it, or you do it because it's necessary for your business, because it is a free platform to get your your name and your story out there. Um, But I think social media has kind of turned into this element where it's very keep up with the Joneses where not necessarily material wise, but content wise of, oh, I need to be doing this and this and this and this. And then if you're anything like me, you get burnt out by all of the things that you need to do for social media. And I'm somebody who loves social media. I love the challenge of connecting through the screen, but I will say that those elements can become daunting, especially when you're look at looking at other people and what they're doing. And so as I was helping people with social media, the thing that I saw most was they had all of this, all of these things happening in their brain at one time of content ideas, but 
not really having any place to store all of those ideas and things that they wanted to communicate to be the best brand that they could for themselves and not do what everybody else was doing. And so I finally created a planner, a 52-week planner. It's not month by month, so you can actually start any time of the year. It's just 52 weeks of a place to brain dump all of those things that are circling in your mind that you need to communicate on your story, on your platform that is your brand. And so this 52-week planner includes a little bit of background of how to educate and share experiences and also entertain your audience, right? Because that's how they keep coming back. It also just gives you a place to brain dump all of those ideas that you have or you know, if I want to put out these products for this week, this week, this week, what are things that I can naturally naturally communicate about those? Then it gives it has spots of, okay, if this is the content I want to put out, what videos and pictures do I need up front? What graphics? Um, so that you can all do it all at once. And then when you're actually going to post throughout the week, you already have the content that you need. So I know social media can be frustrating. I know that it has turned into probably something that has brought burnout. And you're not alone in that. I want to come out and say that for sure. I think everybody feels a bit of that. But when you have a place that you can take the thoughts in your mind and put them down, it almost helps you maintain that space of being uniquely you and being exactly who you need to be on social media and not get sidetracked by everyone else and what they're doing. So I have this planner. I finally got it made and printed and binded. And I really like it. It's actually helping me personally. I run several different business social medias, so it's helping me organize it that way as well. Um, And just for you guys, we are offering a $5 off coupon code for you guys to go use if you are looking for something like that. Um, I love technology. (laughs) I have a lot of apps on my phone, but my social media content is actually one thing that I've always written down on paper. Not sure why. I just really like it. Um, and so we're giving you guys $5 off. You can head to back po- backpocketsocial.co and you will find the planner there under the tab, Learn With Me. And to get $5 off, you just put Small Business Sisters in the code at checkout. So put Small Business Sisters in the code at checkout and you'll get $5 off. And I will ship this directly to you. And I hope you love it and find value in it and um, utilize that free space that we do have to share our story, even though sometimes we don't always love it. So um, head to backpocketsocial.co and grab your planner today.